0: I'm Rod Rodriguez. Welcome to the Back Brief. Uh, I have, again, the amazing Jack Murphy, uh, Connecting Vets Reporter. And we have got a couple of topics this week we have to cover. It's been a busy week in the world of veteran news. And, of course, uh, here to help me along, Jack Murphy. Jack, how are you, bud? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, Crazy week. uh, But let's start off with some good news. Veterans Day, what is going on in, with Veterans Day? You wrote an article about this for Connecting Vets. Uh, what did you uncover? Is there any, tell me there's no ugly, horrible side to Veterans Day?
2: No, not, not a horrible, ugly side. Um, I, yeah, I wrote an article um, getting the thoughts and opinions of various veterans um, about their thoughts on that day. Um, what that holiday means to them. Um, And there's a lot of mixed opinions and mixed thoughts. It's kind of complicated for a lot of veterans. Um, There's a, yeah, I mean, we're a diverse group of people, so there's a diverse set of opinions. Um, And it's just interesting to hear that, you know, I think that day means one thing to civilians and it means something else to veterans. And for a lot of veterans, it's kind of an awkward moment or experience to kind of have the spotlight shined on them that maybe they weren't expecting or, or didn't really want. Right. So is it weird
0: uh, for you still, when you get the, you know, the veterans day, thank you for your service. Uh, you're an American hero. You're war you you're, you know, your Rambo plus, um, how do you, how do Jack Murphy deal with the uh, thank you for your service?
2: Um, I just try to be polite and say thank you or, you know, you're welcome and just try not to, you know, definitely nobody wants to see you act like a veteran douchebag, um, accept the gratitude and, um, you know, uh, be open and and talk to people, you know, as uh, we've talked and many have talked, spilled a lot of ink over the the so-called civil military divide and that we have a citizenry that is um, disconnected from the military and whenever those civilians get to meet a veteran on Veterans Day, you know, particularly Veterans Day events are one of those moments where I think those sorts of meetings happen quite a bit. It's an opportunity to tell people a little bit about what's going, what it's like to be a soldier, what it's like to be at war. Um, and so there can be a sort of educational experience or sort of sharing experience that comes out of that. And um, I would never want to, uh, you know, waste that opportunity um, by not taking somebody seriously or acting flippantly um, when they thank you for your service. The thing that always gets
0: me and, you know, uh, during the rest of the year, I will take a veterans uh, discount. Uh, shout out to Lowe's and home Depot. You guys have saved me so much money. Uh, but when it comes to veterans day, the thing that kind of always kind of stood out to me and kind of rubbed my fur the wrong way was the free stuff, the free meals. Uh, you know, I would see it was the Applebee's the yeah. a line outside the, uh, the side of vets waiting to get their free meal of the day. Uh, it, it just felt weird to me. Um, uh, uh, will, will we see you and, uh, at, at, the Applebee's or Claim jumpers?
2: No, no. And and it's, it's, it's very much a trope. Um, You know, several veterans brought that up to me. One saying, uh, you know, it's the day when we get free meals. Am I right? You know, another, another person, another uh, young woman brought up to me, uh, you know, like, you know, this day, is it about me getting a free blooming onion? Um, You know, so yeah, it's something we laugh about. Uh, but at the same time, there are also veterans out there who are destitute and could like no shit. They could use a free meal. So, I mean, yeah, like a free, a free meal at Applebee's for like me is kind of silly, but you know, there are other people out there who I'm sure it's much appreciated and, and meaningful.
0: I remember a couple of years ago, my parents took me out to a golden corral. Wow. Uh, that was an experience in and of itself. Not a fan of Golden Corral. I'm sorry, Golden Corral. Just, just not a fan. Applebee's is, has got my heart. Um, but I was, uh, I was having my meal and my parents are very proud of me and all this good stuff. And there is a Navy vet sitting by himself, uh, having his meal. And, you know, I got up and, uh, he was a World War II guy and, and I thanked him for his service. And this guy looked at me with this like, whoa, like, I don't think, He's gotten that in a very long time. So that kind of stood out to me. And I, I encourage other veterans, you know, it, it's not about you. It's not about us. It's really about them. I try and say them like other veterans. Yeah. You know, go out there, thank somebody for their service. There's a lot of Vietnam vets out there, man, who still feel like alienated. Yeah. Yeah. They're alienated. They don't feel like they ever really got a thank you or even a not even a thank you. They didn't want a thank you. They just wanted like acknowledgement, like you did something and it was okay you're not a monster
2: yeah absolutely man um and i think a lot of our it's funny our our generation of veterans like when we think of veterans we we tend to think of our fathers and grandfathers and people who fought communism and fascism and you know those were the guys who like really had to deal with some hardcore war and uh yeah we're just kind of standing on their shoulders so yeah it's it's sort of funny how that works um you know we have that sort of a uh, reverence for the OGs and some, some uh, elder worship uh, in the military and, and rightly so um, and you know like you said I mean there are veterans out there who feel alienated and they feel alone um, and you know if, if there's a moment where you can connect with them and lift them up a little bit then you know it's a good thing and I mean yeah we scoff at you know some of the some of the theatrics I guess you could say at veterans day, but you also have to keep in mind, like it, like it's not all about me. Like there's other people out there. um, And there's other people out there. Maybe they need a free meal. There's other people out there. Maybe they need a little bit of uh, and deserve a little bit of acknowledgement.
0: Had a wonderful um, team breakfast one morning with the Sergeant major brigade Sergeant major uh, years and years ago. And as we're leaving, somebody walks up to him and says, you know, thank you for your service. They shake his hand and he looks at them and says, Thank you for your support. And that stuck out to me that that has that is a moment that really kind of stuck out to me because it was the answer to my question of what do I say when somebody says thank you for your support? Because <laughs> up until that point, I was like, you're welcome. You're like time." That sounds like shit, like you're welcome for my amazingness. Um, so my my advice to folks out there is if you are a veteran and somebody just say, you know, thanks you for your service. Thank them for your thank them for their support um, without their support. We can't do what we do. And I think that goes a long way for them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the military in this country is um, very fortunate to have such overwhelming public support. Um, it's one of those just amazing things about this country. People shouldn't take it for granted either. Um, you know, in a lot of civilians, yeah, they, they may not understand the military or war or how things work, but they do have their heart in the right place. And at least that, that's that's potentially a bridge to build something bigger and more meaningful.
0: Let's talk about some more serious news of the week. Uh, Secretary of Defense uh, Mark Esper is out, mm-hmm. fired via tweet, although uh, that should that should seem weird but it's kind of not anymore, is it? Like being fired through a tweet, almost the new normal. Uh, What does this mean, Esper's out uh, right at the tail end of this election? There's a lot of speculation of what this could mean. Uh, What's your analysis on this, Mr. Murphy?
2: Well, I'm not privy to all the uh, backroom chicanery uh, and the smoke-filled rooms, but I think that is probably a long time coming. There are some some pretty big um, uh, schisms between uh, Mark Esper and the Trump administration. Uh, one of the big ones being, you know, the, the protests in Washington, D.C., where President Trump wanted to activate the 82nd Airborne and send them in to fight protesters. Um, Mark Esper and General Milley both dragging their feet on that as much as they could. So that definitely creates a rift. Um, but, hey, I mean... President Trump ends up having a rift with everyone around him sooner or later, it seems. So, I mean, that's, it is what it is. And probably Esper wanted off the crazy train as well. Um, so I don't, I, I doubt he's shedding too many tears at that point. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I, I would just interpret it as, you know, the Trump administration trying to shake things up. Um, it's Trump's chaos as a leadership style approach on, um, and, you know, it also grabs some headlines uh, in the midst of all the other electoral chaos that's been going on the last few days
0: a lot of uh a lot of speculation about this this firing what does this mean i mean we're coming into uh a, i'm going to say we're gonna we're, we have elected a new president i think that the the country has come to terms with that i know there are still some legal battles i know that there's potential supreme court issues but for now i believe uh joe biden is the president-elect um or at at least i think they're we're we're not there yet he's not officially the president-elect is he is he um have we called is it is this like done and said because i'm not sure
2: i don't i don't want to i don't want to put that stake in the ground i feel like (laughs) you're setting me up right now rod he, uh, he has been, I mean, he's announced as the president elect. Um, I, I think it's a done deal. All right. So I'm going to wait, call- wait, they're still waiting on some, on some States to certify. I know that's, that's what true. I thought.
0: Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb here and say that there's a very good chance he is the president elect or will be the official ominous, ominous president elect. And he will take office, uh, come January and all this wonderful things. But, Is it normal to or is it is it a prudent choice to fire your secretary of defense right before these elections? Now, a New York Times, I think I want to call it I want to say it was the New York Times uh, article just came out talking about some of the deeper issues that are involved in this, that, you know, this actually places our country in a bit of a state of chaos, that perhaps uh, this is one of those situations where the president wants to do something on the way out that he thinks yeah, the secretary yeah. of defense would not be on board with. Uh, and he's bringing on, I think it's a, a former fifth group guys, former special forces yeah. guy from what, uh, the counterintelligence, uh, counterintelligence world. I'm not sure.
2: Um, he definitely had some interesting assignments. Um, I think he did a stint at Solik also. He was, uh, he was in Afghanistan early on in the war. Um, yeah, definitely has an interesting background. But, I mean, is this
0: – in Europe, you've seen a lot of – you're you're very smart about the world of politics and the, and the world of international affairs. How does firing the Secretary of Defense affect this country where it's at in this election process as we transition to a potential new president?
2: I mean, I don't know that it necessarily affects the election process. It just introduces another layer of chaos into what has already been a very chaotic – uh, four or five years in the federal government. Um, it's, it's yet another shakeup, another shift in personnel. Um, and the, the what's crazy about it is we're so late in the game now. So Esper's out, Chris Miller is in. He's only going to be uh, acting secretary of defense for a couple months until um, uh, Joe Biden is inaugurated. And then presumably he will put in whoever you know, his secretary of defense is going to be, I mean, he's going to have his own person in his mind, his own political appointee who is going to be part of his team that he's going to want to bring in. And I have no idea who that person is, but my point is this guy is only going to be secretary of defense for a couple months. And then uh, president elect Biden is going to install his person, his, his appointee. So it's almost like, like, what's, what's the point? What are we doing here? Um, and I, I think again, it's just, chaos as a leadership style right
0: chaos is correct uh we are definitely everything's kind of in flux and it just seems like uh every new story adds to narrative that it's all going to fall apart like th-
3: i i, I right, feel like right.
0: something is building um and i'm 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 trying to stay objective about this this well, that, tension
2: that's, that's because You've been primed for it, Rod. We all have. And if you look at these breathless articles, look, I, I know some people aren't going to like me, you know, as a journalist taking shots at the at the media and about journalism and, and the press. The, the New Yorker publishing stuff about how Trump is going to launch a coup. Um, there was another article where a couple former military officers were talking about how the military needs to launch like a counter coup against the president, like the, the press has like amped everyone up and like psychologically prepared them. Something really bad is about to happen. while um, well, simultaneously, you have the sort of um, conspiracy theory left and conspiracy theory right. You know, on the left, they believe something really good is going to happen, that all of these uh, Trump administration people are going to be arrested and they're going to go to jail. Um, but then on the right wing side, you have something really good is going to happen. The storm is coming. All of these um, deep state uh, communists or Democrats or whoever they are, they're all going to be arrested and, and thrown in jail. And it's like these very like messianic visions that are floated out on um, they, they prom, uh, you know, propagate across social media. And across the mainstream press, I mean, these conspiracy theories become mainstream ideas in the mainstream media as well. So, I mean, I think that's why the entire country feels the way you do, Rob, that like something's going to happen here. What is it? But we're all fearful of it, whatever it is.
0: Um, I know you and I were on Twitter as the counts were coming in. Um, your Twitter, of course, always hilarious, but always insightful mine. I think I was trying to track the MMA fights at the same time as, as Biden. Um, and it was either way, it was a hell of a fight. It still continues to be a fight. The big issue now, it seems is Biden has it it projected to win all of these states. And I say projected, because if you look at these maps and the Google uh data that's coming in some of these states i think that is nevada has nevada actually proclaimed anything yet because it seems like nevada's oh. just been sitting on this one for a hot bit not I think, not,
2: not un- unless something came in this morning i don't
0: yeah, think yeah so. unless yeah i didn't check this morning but uh, i think pennsylvania um nevada a couple other states they are reporting if you look if like most americans are tracking on google news um they're reporting 98%, 99%, but they're still waiting for, for a final tally. And the president and some of his folks, the administration folks in the administration are claiming fraud, that you know the walking dead have risen from the graves and uh, are being casting ballots and that they're stuffed ballots and the, Dem- uh, the Democrats are uh, using crime mob family style uh, tactics to, to win this election. Jack Murphy, what what's going on now? What do you think is happening here?
2: The administration is grasping at straws in a panic. I mean, that's what's happening. I mean, I, honestly, um, they're filing lawsuits to try to challenge the results. Those lawsuits are being tossed out just as soon as they're filed because they're based. I mean, the ones I've looked at so far, I mean, they're based on double and triple hearsay. A judge just takes one look at it. And it's like pff, out dismissed. Get out of here. Um you know, let's be honest, we wouldn't even be having this conversation if President Trump had been reelected. And that's, that's the only reason why we're having this conversation. No one not his supporters and he would not be challenging, uh, saying this election was rigged if he had been reelected. The only reason why it's quote unquote rigged is because he lost. Um, and now, because of the type of personality he is or whatever kind of megalomania he has going on, He's going to try to burn the house down on his way out. He's going to cause as much chaos, try to tear the country apart, try to keep us as divided as he possibly can as on his way out of office. Um, So yeah, he's going to keep challenging stuff in court. Um, Go ahead. I mean, challenge it. Um, There, uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, social media experts on our electoral system just in the last couple of days um there's a lot of conspiracy theory crap going around um but you know look these elections aren't rigged um and the the process will be certified and, and maybe the supreme court will go over some things again the court system will review stuff again so be it look at it um but these but, elections aren't rigged i mean in 2016 uh we had a massive upset donald trump won as president he kept telling us the election was rigged. No, it wasn't rigged. Like if everyone goes out and you vote for Kanye, that dumbass is going to be your president. Like this thing is real. <laughs> Democracy is a real thing. Um, so and, and Trump was lawfully elected in 2016. Um, it, it was a clear, decisive victory for President Trump. It was. And um, for the record, I was never one of those people running around, um, you know, spreading conspiracy theories about that. Now here we are in 2020 and President-elect Biden has secured a decisive win. You know, it, and you can try to reject the results um, and play that whole game, but if that's the case, don't pretend that you love your country, don't pretend that you love democracy when really you hate our country and you hate our system of government and you really just want a strong man in office forever. Like I mean, these things aren't compatible. You can't say you're a patriot and also say you want, you know, essentially a dictator in office forever, um, which is what some people, you know, have that perspective.
0: I got to tell you, I've always been, I, I, I have been as as forgiving and as understanding as I can be with this administration. Definitely, they don't handle things I the way that I like uh, my leadership to handle things. I and this is something that I've implored my fellow veterans, my fellow service members is look to your leadership as if you were looking to your uniformed leadership. How would you expect your commander to handle situations inside of a unit? Would you expect name calling? Would you expect f- uh, finger pointing? And the funny thing is, uh, I've, I've been in commands where that actually has occurred. It's created a toxic environment. And I think that's what we're seeing in DC right now. We're, see- we're uh, and and I was talking to Eric Mitchell, a good friend of mine last night about this. Uh, it feels like the country's coming off a four year bender that we allowed ourselves to be rude, to be divisive, to be mean. Um, and we're, we're, we're kind of waking up from this crazy haze. We're like, yeah, that was great. And now it's like, wait a minute. The, this party may have stopped this merry-go-round may be coming to a halt. What do we do with ourselves? And I think that a lot of folks are kind of finding themselves in this weird position where it's like, hey, remember how I called you a piece of crap before? Um, It didn't mean it that way. (laughs) At the time, it was okay, but now this may not be the acceptable way to do things. Um,
2: Well, yeah, it it is a little bit interesting to see the right try to tell the left like, hey, you shouldn't be spiking the football like this. It's like- Come on, guy, like, like, no, you're right. We, you don't need to rub it in people's faces and make them feel bad. I agree with that. But it's like after four or five years of, you know, uh, Trump supporters telling everyone else, fuck your feelings, um, it, it comes off a little disingenuous, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that whole snowflake thing is really
0: turning around and biting people in the butt now. I will say that, although I didn't agree with the way things were done. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with this presidency. I don't. I think there were some things that were done in these last four years that were good, some that were not great. Um, but that goes for any president. Every president does their thing the way that they think should be. Do- it should be done. Um, Obama was no saint. Clinton was no saint. Bush was definitely no saint. Nobody. There's. I mean, it, the way I've always seen it is if you go, if your goal is to be the president of the United States, there is something first and foremost, inherently wrong with you. Why do you want the worst job in the world? The most thankless, ugliest job, no matter what
2: you look. You I, remember when uh, Mattis described it as a five year prison sentence? Oh, he's not wrong. Yeah. He's
0: not wrong. Look, I, I've told people before, like, love or hate Trump. Trump could literally save uh, burning puppies from an orphanage and people would be like, well, yeah, I guess if he did save only puppies from an orphanage and not the orphans, that would be bad. But, you know, yeah, yeah. You, no, no matter what true. good he does, he could literally develop a cure for cancer tomorrow. And some
2: there will be a group of people who will still shit on him for it. It's true. And the and the press went like way, way overboard and um, jumping all over every single weird conspiracy theory about the administration. And the people who supported President Trump saw that. And they, you know, they feel like I don't. I guess morally injured, or uh, or uh, or they see the person that they elected in a legitimate election just being undermined and under attack all the time. Um, and I guess this is just the reality of American politics now that you know every side has their own conspiracy theories, and they all believe it about the other side, and they all believe the other side is inherently evil, seeing each other as Nazis and communists. Like there's there's no normal people. Like no. you can't just be like a normal you know, like JFK style Democrat or Ronald Reagan style Republican, like that doesn't seem to exist anymore. So I,
0: I don't hate our president. I don't love Joe Biden. What, where do I fit? Um, I I, I feel like I am uh, back in elementary school where I I am the brown kid in the predominantly white uh, uh, elementary school. I don't fit in with that group. I don't fit in with that group. I'm kind of out here kind of like flapping in the wind. Um, and if, I, and I, I really do mean that. It feels like politically I don't fit in anywhere. Uh, am, I be, am I crazy? Is, is this am – I, am, I, am I taking crazy pills? Are we – is this oh, no. too schismed?
2: I, I think that that's a phenomenon that exists across the country is that people who are more centrist or, you know, middle of the road type people um, feel ostracized or alienated because both sides um, get mad at us for not being extreme enough. You know, it, it's the whole thing If you. You need to pick a side. You need to double down on one extreme or the other. Pick a side and roll with it. And those extremes, they want that. They want the middle to fall out. Like we're the bad guys. We're we're even worse than the other side because we're kind of to them. We're like the the what do they call them? Pole, fence striders, pole yeah. center. You know, we're, we're like
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god, I think we're fence sitters. Uh, let's
2: let's fence sitters or, or
0: or pole sitters. What depending on your uh, frame of reference, hundred <laughs> percent. So let's shift gears really quick here, man, because, I mean, uh, the world, there have been a couple of other things. There was a recent uh, uh, trainee accident uh, at Fort Benning. Uh, You did an article about that. Uh, I'm not sure how much details, if there's any new details that came out, but kind of walk us through what just happened.
2: This was last weekend. Um, There was an accident out at a uh, machine gun range at Fort Benning. And not too much has been released on it they're kind of keeping it quiet but three soldiers were injured um and they were brought to a hospital in uh, Columbus, georgia um two of them were released pretty quickly afterwards um their wounds were not like life-threatening or anything like that another one um was kept in the hospital um i think for a week at least i think he, he may still be in the hospital but he was in stable condition thankfully um, and the army is investigating it and um, they're not releasing a whole lot of information. I've heard stories, um, you know, through the Joe network um, that I wouldn't quite want to um, repeat until um, all of the, the facts come out and that, that it can be confirmed. Um, but there was, some, yeah, there was some sort of incident out at a machine gun range at Fort Benning.
0: Uh, was this a, um... Was this a basic training accident? Was this a regular unit? Uh, any I, Is there any word about what kind of unit was that was doing this training? Uh, yeah, it was, a, it
2: was a basic training unit.
0: Uh, the reason I ask is because, uh, you know, my kid graduated from basic training uh, last don't know, a year and a half ago, almost two mm-hmm. years. And while he was there, there was a training accident as well, uh, uh, a, a suicide. Uh, and he was... He was there when it all went down. Um, and he was talking to me about it. And I, I remember thinking, like, wow, I haven't heard about this. Like, why didn't I hear about this? Like, I, I thought this would have come down. This would be a kind of news. Uh, it, it, is this normal? Is this normal for the Army to put this level of lockdown on information instead of being a little more forthcoming? Or is this about not necessarily the accident, but the nature of the accident or perhaps the, if there was motive, I don't know. It's motive sounds like bad, but I mean, it, perhaps there was motive.
2: Perhaps. Um, I, I, I don't know um, for sure. Um, but I think, yeah, they're trying to keep it quiet and do an investigation um, to get to the bottom of that question.
0: It is a big day for uh, leathernecks and jarheads everywhere. We are two army guys, but nevertheless, do you have a Marine Corps message you would like to convey to all your fellow uh, Marine Corps vets and service members?
2: Uh, the Marine Corps, our beloved Marines. I mean, Marine infantry's okay. I like those guys. And the recon dudes are good. Uh, MARSOC, not, to, not so sure what they got going on, but I mean, I like them on principle. You know, they seem like pretty good guys. Um, but yeah, happy birthday Marine Corps. I mean, you're all going to let us know it's your birthday. I know it's your birthday everyone. You're going to let the whole country. know. we get it. <sighs> and, and that's as good as this going to get folks. <laughs> that is, that is as much
0: of a uh, happy birthday Marine Corps.
2: But it's a, uh, the, the Marine Corps birthday is a big deal for them, man. They have like oh, cutting yeah. of the cake and everything. Like it's, it's a big deal. I,
0: you know, I, I, I think it's funny because whenever the army does the army's birthday, I feel like we're desperately trying to bring on that, that ooh rod oh, that comes from the Marine even Corps. I've never heard of that before, Rod. Oh yeah. The army has tried very hard to make it a big deal for its army birthday. And it, it's, it's just not the same. There's something about the the love the Marine Corps has for the Marine Corps that is unrivaled. So I will say this to the to the leathernecks and jarheads and, and Marines out there. Uh, and I at currently my, my son, my youngest is, um, he wants to be a Marine. He's all signed up. He's ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he went that route. Very proud of him. Uh, love him to death. And he's all about that challenge, man. We went, I sat down with him at the recruiter's office and, uh, he just, he, he, it was like almost love at first sight. He just saw the whole, the whole thing. And he was like, this is what I want to do. And I
2: was like, all right, kid, Go yeah, man. I mean, there's a lot of things that I think the army is envious about the Marine Corps, frankly, um, because they, they can be more selective. Um, and, and Marines have all this pride in what that institution is built upon. Like, you don't really see fat Marines. Like, you go to the army and it's like, uh, this isn't really the same thing, you know? And I, I mean, like. I, I have my own biases. I know I, I was an infantry guy and, you know, a ranger and all that good stuff. And, oh, my God. Like, I, you, like when uh, when uh, I was still in training when the Iraq war kicked off and they brought in all these uh, reservist units to Fort Benning to do like their like two week, you know, get your shots and your paperwork before they ship you off to Iraq. And just, like, looking at these people that they were deploying to Iraq, I was like, oh, my God. Like, like it's, I felt like it was criminally negligent to deploy <laughs> oh these God. people to combat. Like, they were falling out of forward march. Like, they could not march. They were falling out winded. Oh. The only time I ever saw any of those guys run, you'd see, like, when they were doing revelry, and you'd see, like, a 300-pound soldier barreling like, <laughs> like a retarded bull. <laughs> Towards um, the PX to get inside, so he doesn't have to salute the flag. It's like, what uh, in the hell? Like, is this the American Army? Like, what is this place that I'm in right now?
0: I I, I will I, I I will neither uh, confirm nor deny how I feel about everything you just said. Um, <laughs> but I, I I will say that uh, the Marine Corps definitely has a level of pride in what they do and who they are. That is is completely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's completely unmatched by any branch by a lot. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I, I, one of the things I love about the Marine Corps is that they bring this level of no matter who you are, you are elite because you are a Marine. You could be a Marine cook. You could be a Marine bath laundry specialist. You could be a Marine force recon guy. You were all first and foremost Marines. And for that alone, you are better than the average human being. Um, (laughs) The army tried to do that um, by giving us all black berets. They're like, hey, you know how the Rangers got these black berets? You all have berets and you're all special now. I feel like that gesture backfired. We all kind of looked at each other like. "Mm."
2: Yeah, it's like it's it's some officer up in the Pentagon having these ideas like, oh, it'll be so good for the men's morale. And like you give you do these things and all the soldiers actually look at each other like, what is this? Like, why? What? Why are we doing this? And
0: I feel like we, we're, we're doing that again with this AGCU, the Army green, the, the pinks and greens. Like we want to go back to World War II and give you that like, hey, instead of like trying to force pride down my throat with like cool yeah. berets uh, and uniforms,
2: let's just have it together. Let's have our shit together and be good at what we do. <laughs> yeah. And then the pride comes with it, right? You, then you have pride in your job. Instead of put, like, tacking this superficial crap onto it, um, thinking it's going to make people proud of their job. I mean, come on. I
0: I, I think that, yeah, I, I would rather have a real sense of that we're being taken care of, uh, that the budgets are good, people are getting all the right equipment. And I'm not saying that we don't have the right equipment for the job, but there's so much turmoil right now, especially in the army, the APFT, the, the, uh, the, what is called, not the APFT now it's the, um, ACFT yeah. army mm-hmm. combat fitness training. I, I think there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from the Marine Corps, but I will, I will digress. That is conversation for another day. Happy day. Happy birthday, Marine Corps. Uh, happy veterans day to everyone else. Um, I just love that the Marine Corps was, I've been, wa- I've been seeing Marine Corps birthday posts for like the last Yay! two weeks. <laughs> God bless them. Happy All right. Happy
2: birthday.
0: Um, you can always uh, go visit us at connecting You can find out more about Jack Murphy. He is on Twitter at uh, Jack Murphy, R G R. That's Jack Murphy, Romeo, golf, Romeo. You can find me. I'm also on Twitter at Rod Pod Rod. And um, if you're interested folks. You can find me on Parlor at Rod Pod Rod. Shut up, Jack. You stop it right now. I don't want to hear it. I'm on Parlor. Um, I'm everywhere, folks. up to steal. All right, folks. Uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, I'm Rod Rodriguez. And, you know, one of the things that I have really strived to do, um, both professionally and personally, is hear more than the side that I think I'm on. Um, I, I consider myself a middle road kind of person. I try and give everybody as much room to be able to voice their opinions, to, to show me what their end of the stick looks like. Because sometimes uh, we kind of echo chamber ourselves and we're, we surround ourselves with like-minded folks. But I, I want to make sure that I'm giving the other sides... I don't think there's ever one side to anything. I think there's multiple sides to every problem, to everything. I want to hear different opinions. And to help me with that, uh, I'm bringing on here uh, David Winkler. Uh, David, it caught my attention on LinkedIn. He's posted several uh, posts uh, that talk specifically about the Trump, uh, the uh, President Trump's re-election, some of the controversy surrounding that. And I want to give that argument that position it's fair time in the sun at least in my sunlight i want to make sure that i understand what's going on maybe i'm missing something maybe you're missing something so top me along with this um david winkler david thanks for joining man uh joining us here greatly appreciate you who tell, tell the folks a little bit about who you are
3: um so i'm both a uh, marine corvette and an army vet um I also uh, have some a little bit of National Guard time in right now with uh, New York City and in a uh, a pretty uh, cool job of, of protecting uh, New York City. Uh, it's a unit that's been activated since 9/11, by the way. Um, but besides that, um, I'm a nonprofit leader or former nonprofit leader, so I dealt in uh, veterans' uh, realm with uh, TBI, PTSD. Um, as well as is flying out uh, family members to uh, hospitals uh, so they can be with their wounded, uh, um, you know, service members when they get a medevaced off the battlefield. Um, And then I got into politics um, around, well, I technically been around it when I was dealing in the nonprofit realm, but I really saw that nobody was taking care of our vets, whether it was, you know, the house, the Senate um, and it's, it was a mess. So what I wanted to do was get in there and be one of those veterans that could make a difference, um, for, for other vets, let's put it that way. Um, so currently, you know, uh, well, let me go back backtrack a little bit. So I was running for uh, the house of representatives in New Jersey. Everybody knows New Jersey is extremely blue. Like we, <laughs> it's, it's in my area. I mean, it's, it's progressive left, uh, versus, you know, having a, a conservative, um, you know, mindset. So I was up against, uh, you know, quite a lot here, uh, but I stepped out because I wanted to help out with the coronavirus task force that, um, you know, a lot of my soldiers were being involved with. And, and you know, um, I just felt like that was more my calling at the time than to, to pursue something I would see as selfish in comparison to what was going on, bigger picture. Um, but now I'm actually in the run uh, for the state side, which goes into 2021. Uh, where we'll challenge Governor Murphy and then the state legislator positions, so. Awesome. Now,
0: uh, in some of your posts, I saw that you were very vocal, very passionate about the reelection campaign for President Trump. Tell me a little bit about what's going on in that world from your perspective.
3: So if if I were to talk about it, like, here's the way that I run, right? This this isn't a, a left or a right issue. I'm a very um, rule of law kind of guy or, you know, just upholding the laws. Um, so the way that I look at it is this, is is the same as I look at it in the social justice realm or I look into racial you know, or a, any sort of those um, cases that we've been seeing lately. We must stick to the the content or the... The Constitution. Right. I'm not going to I'm not going to say, hey, left is right here. Right is right here. I'm not saying anything. What I'm saying is the president does have the right to say, hey, he can challenge and say, hey, there's something wrong. I feel something is wrong here. So let him go through that process. Let him go through the courts. Let him go through, um, you know, the means that he needs to um, and let it play out. Here's, here's where I think people are getting it wrong for my sense and, and, and what I'm, I'm seeing, right, is it is not certified. That's not how the process works. So I'm talking in the constitutional aspect. That's not how this works. So we have to have the delegates go for each state and they cast their votes and then Congress certifies up until Congress certifies that election that the president and his administration and his lawyers, you name it, can sit there and do that. They can sit here and fight, let them do that. But do not play into this game of calling people elects because the media says it, you name it, because all it's doing is creating this, this tension, but people don't understand the process. I'm one of the delegates for New Jersey. So I'm one of the ones that would cast a vote for, let's say if Biden wins the state of New Jersey. I would go ahead. You know, you you go down there and you say, "Hey, you cast your vote for Biden." You're not. You can't go against Biden. Whoever wins a state wins a state. Um, you know, there's very. I'll go into that a little bit later, but but that's like people need to understand the process, and I think that's what is annoying me is let people do this. We did this in 2016. I, I don't. I don't know if I'm going way too much into your question go right ahead. now. Yes, but- please. So my thought process was this is I was OK with the Democrats in 2016 because I do not want foreign interference into our election, nor do I want uh, domestic kind of interference into our elections. Um, I was there for the whole Iraq aspect of the elections. And I said we all saw what happened with that. Right. And we have seen what happens when you go overseas with election processes that that are absolutely crazy. So we must. Um, you know, keep our integrity of our our election process. So, yes, I did agree with Democrats saying, hey, if there is foul play, let's go ahead and investigate. Let's go ahead and get Mueller and everybody else that you that will satisfy your your needs of suspicion. Now, I didn't think that it would take like three years and some change because that that's what really hurt the the Republican Party made them mad was, (laughs) you know, two, three years of investigation. So it seemed like there was no peaceful transfer of power. <clears throat> that everybody's talking about so i can see why republicans are mad i was mad at that because i was like look we we keep revisiting this crossfire hurricane Mueller report um you name it and then they want to bring it into the ukraine aspect and then in, in, into impeachment and then i will tell you that there's a lot of democrat senators and congressmen and women who will say that the president was illegitimate all the way up until now so was you know so sitting back saying hey if it was truly about our election process and and making sure that it was not tampered with and all that then the same thing needs to apply here and make sure that there wasn't any foul play here i will tell you in new jersey i just i just can tell you that there's that i've seen it um, when i was running for congress i've seen people ballot harvest i've seen people do all sorts of crazy stuff over here where you know bribes for votes and and it's it's an average it's a normal thing. I mean, I, we kind of joke as uh, New Jersey being a corrupt state, but it's really not that funny. It's it's really the truth. You know, people do the most craziest things and they get away with it at the local levels here. Um. So, I mean, that's it for me from right now on this. I mean, I, I'd rather, you know, hear hear what you guys got to say and then, you know, you can
0: I, I guess go back. I, ne- I guess my next question here is and you bring up an interesting point um, that there is ballot fraud there is some level of of uh of illegal acts that are occurring in the state of new jersey at the local election level do you feel that this has bled over into the federal elections uh one of the big things that we hear a lot of is that election fraud uh, is not taking place that the courts are throwing some of these these allegations out that the president trump's legal team has tried to contest several states and that these uh that these lawsuits being thrown out uh, is, is that, is that
3: legit? I mean, is, are, are these. I I think once again, people would have to look at how the judicial process works. How do you get to the U S Supreme court? Do you get to the U S Supreme court off of wins? No, you get to the U S Supreme court based upon losses and appeals. So like Democrats have to understand that, like, if you're seeing losses That's actually a good thing for Republicans. Now, if Democrats were smart, they would figure out some sort of remedy at the lower level courts because it going to the U.S. Supreme Court is not necessary. And I'm not saying that these U.S. Supreme Court justices are are biased or or anything of that, which I mean, we can all sit here and and agree that, you know, if you're a conservative judge versus a liberal judge, you're going to look at things differently. But it's not a good thing for Biden to go to the U.S. Supreme Court or to have that keep being appealed, all these things being appealed all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. If we remember, he was on the nomination of these, uh, the, uh, of uh, Clarence Thomas. It's not a good thing for, for this to get to the U.S. Supreme Court. Because if, if I remember correctly, he kind of, you know, Biden was leading that, that committee and was bashing the hell out of his family. So not a good look. The second one that's not a good look on on, on that would be uh, Justice Kavanaugh. If we remember, Kamala Harris was leading that charge on, on you know, that kind of behavior towards, um, you know, or disrespectful behavior, to be quite honest, towards Justice Kavanaugh. So I don't know uh, what's going to happen, but I could tell you that this is a process. This is how it works. You lose at the lower levels, you appeal, and you keep going higher until you eventually get to the U.S. Supreme Court. And I will tell you that rule of four they're gonna get into the U.S. Supreme Court. I mean, 6-3 conservative favor, they're gonna get heard. Um, now, whether they win or not at the U.S. Supreme Court, I, I can't tell you, I don't know. But here's the thing, I'm a Republican, I believe in peaceful transfer of power. I believe if hey, if Trump went, loses at the end of the day, I will respect Biden's you know, position and all that stuff. But let him do what is legally correct, Let or constitutionally correct, let him challenge.
0: But what happens when these challenges go? I mean, how fast will these challenges be addressed? Uh, I think well, if, some, I think some of the concern for the American citizens is that we're gonna we're gonna go past uh, inauguration day. That that it, 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 this could be. And again, I'm speaking as somebody who's heard a lot of the rumors, who's probably been in these rooms the people who who you know are talking out loud about these things. Uh, the fear is that the president might hold on to power. Past his time by simply appealing and appealing and appealing and, and, and pushing this process and just convoluting it and dragging it out
3: no see that that can't happen I mean and, and I would say that I don't believe that's Trump's position to be quite honest I believe Trump actually said I'd have to go back again but I'm pretty sure Trump said if he does you know if it turns out that it's it's not enough you'll concede the thing is is what i what i put out to republicans and what i think that is fair to the american people across the board is this if there are still questions that need to be answered we do so in the form of what we did uh for the russian collusion but this time not do all these unnecessary you know crossfire uh hurricane you, all these extraness just you know have some maturity in the way that we investigate it um you know through the senate committee hearings not the judiciary um, committee to be exact. Right. So actually have some common sense, not millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, like thousands of pages and in three years of, of not accepting Biden, because I I just don't, I think it would just be a never ending cycle if we just keep, if we keep doing that. But I still think that if there's questions needed after, you know, January, after the inauguration and say, if Biden gets inaugurated, that there should still be an, an investigation into the, um, you know, this election cycle. Because I do believe, I'm gonna be quite honest, I, I think that Republicans saw this, this behavior uh, coming because in a Democrat-ran state, one of the biggest ways for us to flip something red is our ability to get on the ground, our ability to go out and canvas and talk to the people. I think what Republicans are mad about was the shutdown or the coronavirus slash shutdown orders that were purposely meant to stop the Republican ground game. Meanwhile, the Democrats, you know, already have control here. It's easy as them just checking down the line of uh, vote for column A. And and so Governor Murphy's mail-in order or mail-in, uh, you know, votes, it, it was like kind of like a slap, like we know what you're doing. And we know that like, unless we're out on the ground talking to our community, we don't really stand a chance here of, of, of winning seats back. So I think we feel like the election was a little bit – we're a little salty about it, but do I think that – do I think that the left is right or the republic or the right is right? What I think is in somewhere in the middle where I'm like just allow the courts and the judiciary to do what they do. So or, I, I,
0: I want to make sure that I understand, and I'm going I'm to try and backbrief you here uh, for lack uh, of the pun, uh, that it, it's really not about – Demonstration of fraud. It's that there's a process the courts have to go through the pr- the, for 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 the, the the proof to come out to say, hey, yes, there has been fraud, and here's how we're going to address it, uh, yeah. whether it's a recount or whatever it is. Uh, you're saying that your 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 real heartache with this or your real heartburn about this is the fact that the media, the mainstream media, went forward and, and proclaimed a victor without the actual process taking place to say, hey, look. This is yeah. this is the actual official because it's funny. I, I I just had this conversation with Jack Murphy and I said, is Biden? The official president elect, I wasn't sure, because we still have states that are that have not. They have not pulled 100 percent count, yeah. um, and I felt like without those states, whether or not they're 98 percent and right now they're all blue, it doesn't matter. It felt like. Before we we raise somebody's hand and go, this is the winner. We have to have those votes in in the official. I mean, I, I'm a big UFC fan. Um, if we you go five rounds in the championship match, mm-hmm. um, we can't go off of the crowd. We can't go off of like uh, the the commentators going, "Wow, you know, uh, you know, John Jones put up an excellent performance. He definitely won that fight." He may have. It may have been a, you know, uh, if it went to decision, great. He did a fantastic job. The guy is obviously beating the crap out of. Um, but you still need the official judges. You still need the scorecards yeah. to come in, and it has to be the official judge's decision. Um, that would, I, And I, I, I completely agree with that. I think that the issue that a lot of people are having is whether or not this is a, a tactic to drag this out. I think that's where a lot of people are having some issues with it. And, and they that, you know, people on the left are looking at President Trump saying he's a sore loser, blah, blah, blah. But um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's about sore loser. Maybe it's just about a process being fulfilled.
3: Yeah. And, I, and I would go back to 2016. I mean, we saw from the opposite side as well. And and I'm one of those Republicans that believes in accountability. I mean, Republicans did it to, to the Democrats it was like, hey. Hillary got, you know, suck it up. You know, Hillary's not going to be your president. And, you know, that kind of thing. And this is where I said that, you know, I believe in the better nature of America is both sides sit back and relax, right? Let the processes be the process, especially as veterans, since we're talking to veterans, right? And we're talking about, you know, the way we acted while we were wearing the uniform, right? Sit back and let the process be the process, especially when we were dealing with like non-judicial process. Or even in court martial process, do we do we audit, do we involve our emotions into that? Yeah, I mean sometimes that happens, right? But it's not supposed to be that way. We're supposed to let the the due process, the 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 actual, um, you know, from the counseling statement that people receive to you know the here part one, part two, you name it, stuff like that. Let the process happen. Um, I think when we interject ourselves, we start to create problems. Um, on the system and and I'm one of those as I said even when it dealt with police shootings the police that are that are accused of, of you know um, police brutality to you name it they still have constitutional rights they have the right to be uh, presumed as, as innocent before proven guilty same thing with the uh, the opposite side right so those those ones being arrested same thing but what created all the issues was media getting involved you know, uh, all these, uh, advocate groups, all these, you know, uh, the mob kind of mentality of mob justice. Like I want it now, like let the process be the process. Right. And that's what keeps America great. Stop having all that extra influence into it. I'm not trying to influence, uh, by my posts. What I'm trying to say is let the process be the process, right. Let it square itself away. So I, if, uh, what, if I, what do you think is going to happen? Uh,
0: do you do you foresee the president retaining his office or do you think that Biden won? It's just a matter of letting the process take place, but he's probably going to win. What What do you think? What's your prediction on
3: this? So it's hard for me to do a prediction on this because I don't know the full extent of each state's issues. I just know that I've heard some some really crazy um, set of allegations, and I believe that those set of allegations need to be looked into. I mean, you know, having dead people vote to, um, you know, uh, like I think one was one state was like hundred and something thousand uh, were invalid or any any sort of things like that. I just want them investigated to see if it's true, and then go ahead and rectify that situation. Now, whether Biden comes out the winner or Trump comes out the winner. I think it just needs to be done period, especially if the, the president elect, as they call it, uh, Biden says every vote must be counted, then hold to those words, right? And make sure that every legal vote is counted, not illegal votes, right? And I think that we have an option here to fix our, our election system right here and right now. So that way going forward, we're not having these issues if they're being legally challenged now. Which means Democrats can put their input, Republicans can put their input, but fix it. One of the actual things that I, I agree with was uh, Dan, Dan Crenshaw. Um, he came out on Fox, um, you know, about a week to two weeks ago. he was talking about these these quick, subtle changes to the election laws right before this election took place, and that being a problem. Um, I do agree that is a problem. Like we should not just be making quick decisions on election on election process because of a a pandemic. All right. Um, because, see, Republicans, I can kind of see a point because I got it brought up to me by a lot of Republicans is they were mad about the, the left taking to the streets and celebrating in such close proximity after they complained about coronavirus for, you know, and and our super our super spreaders at rallies. But then they were out in the middle of Manhattan, no distance whatsoever, celebrating for, for Biden. And it's like, really, was was coronavirus such a problem? Or could they have voted in person um, in some of these states? So it's 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 I can I can kind of see the frustration from both sides, but as I keep trying to tell people, I look at things from a pure legal and constitutional side of just let the process do its thing.
0: Uh, Mr. Winkler, where can people go find out more about you and your campaign?
3: Um, So they can go to www or www um, winkler uh, for. New Jersey state Senate.com. Um, and I'm on there. I'm on Twitter, um, underneath, uh, Winkler for NJ 33. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. You guys know where to find me. I'm, I'm always on LinkedIn. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, have, that's, have you
0: made the jump to parlor yet?
3: Um, no. So there's a gigantic movement that people haven't noticed. There's a lot of, a lot of mad, um, Uh, people on the on the right that are about to leave facebook for good um leave uh, twitter and they're about to go to you know parlor i've checked out i've checked out parlor i'm not i don't like the mechanics of parlor um but i may i may hop over there here's the thing is um i don't like to speak inside my own echo chamber so i will stay on places like facebook on purpose because the only way that we can pull ourselves together is by hearing the other side. Um, I think a lot of times we stick within our own comfort circle or comfort circles, and we don't listen to the other side's point of views. And that's not the type of leader I am. I like to listen to both sides. So. Amazing.
0: Uh, David, thank you so much for being on the show. Greatly appreciate your input. Uh, Folks. I'm Rod Rodriguez. That was David Winkler. Uh, and of course, you can always find me on Twitter at RodPodRod. Rod. And uh, I am on Parlor at RodPodRod Rod as well. Uh, I agree with David, though. The mechanics are really weird. It's kind of like a A lot of people are asking me, what is Parlor? Well, it's think of it as Twitter and Reddit had a baby that has that's that's kind of glitchy right now. But It'll get fixed, hopefully in the future. Uh, David, again, thanks again for being on the show. And that does it for me, folks. Uh, Make sure you like, listen, subscribe to The Back Brief. We are at ConnectingVets.com. This video is, of course, on YouTube. The podcast itself, all the audio is up on the podcast. You can find it wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And that's it for me. Thanks again.